think we're ready to roll. Here we go! Science Shed! We're in the Science Shed! Science Shed! We're in the Science Shed! Come on, Steve. Bunsen. Dolly. Machine. Internal. Combustion. Why do we need? Patrick. Dishes. Oscar. Ray. Isaac. Newton. Transplanting. Steve. Nick, how oh, you doing? Awesome. It was so good to hear you speak. Yeah, rubbish. You hate when I speak. I love it when you speak, Steve. You're so <laughs> interesting. All those chemical structures as like, well. You hate the chemical structures in I particular. I love the chemical structures. Nah, I'm converted. You've converted me. Okay, deal. Look at all these people who come to see us. We're here having our first ever live podcast. It's quite this intimidating. It's crazy. It? Look at everyone staring at us. I'm really <laughs> frightened. <laughs> Yeah, so, so say hello. Uh, it has, uh, Steve, first of all, what's a podcast? A podcast. So for those of you that don't know what a podcast is, it's like a really crap radio show <laughs> that you can listen to on your, um, on your mobile phone. Um, but I think everyone's kind of heard enough of me speak. So why don't you introduce who you are and yeah, so what you've I'm, been doing? I'm, I'm Nick, Nick Evans. I'm at the University of Southampton. Steve and I, Steve's at Cambridge, I'm at Southampton. We've been running a podcast where we talk about hopefully interesting things in a vaguely amusing way for about two years now. And this is the first ever time we've tried to do this in front of a live audience. I'm absolutely shitting myself, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) But it's great. It's great to be here. We've got some really interesting fun nuggets to talk about today. We've got two interesting anecdotes about science to talk to you about this evening. Absolutely. And you know what? I I don't know about anyone else. I'm starting to feel a bit science down. I feel like we should be drinking. Well, because we're in a pub. Because we're in a pub. You know what, Nick? Funny you should say that. Ooh, what's going on? I bought some booze. Yeah, why, why don't you pour what, some... Steve, what has this got to do with science, Steve? It's tenuous at, at best, but I'm, why, why don't you pour Steve some gin and tonics and I'll, and I'll okay, kind, of ex- okay, okay. kind of explain what it is. So, so what we wanted to talk about, we were talking about fluorescence earlier, and, and one of the, the first ever discovery of fluorescence happened 100 and, well, nearly 170 years ago in Cambridge uh, by a gentleman called uh, William Herschel and then also, and then latterly by... Uh, <laughs> it's wonderful working with a consummate professional. Um, uh, so, so, so what I want to do is to take you back to do an experiment that was done first done 170 years ago, actually on this, the discovery of fluorescence. And it was done so using a molecule called quinine sulfate. Uh, and if anyone knows, if anyone's ever been um, in a, uh, a nightclub or a, and you've seen a kind of glowing uh, drink, it's almost certainly uh, quinine. Who wants a gin and tonic? <laughs> There's very little gin in before I get any complaints from the bar. <laughs> I promise. Okay, we've got a couple. So hang on a second. Well, so we're going to recreate this. Okay, there we go. This is the way. We, we literally try and buy you as, uh, as listeners. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Um, so so the, the molecule in tonic water that's fluorescent is this molecule, it's called quinine. And I, I, like, I know Nick was complaining about the structure, but this is absolutely beautiful. So this, this region of the molecule at the bottom is the bit that makes it glow blue. And, he, and, and, and William Herschel famously described it as, uh, as a, um, a beautiful celestial blue. So what we're going to do to be able to do that is, we, is people that have tonic water, we have here some uh, torches which glow blue. This is, this is the light that, sh- that shows a black light. Oh, look at that. Yeah. You've got to close your eyes. Because You've got to show some we're breaking some safety regulations with the probably. TV lamp. Nick, do you want to try and search out some tonic water? And what you should find is when Nick sh- shines this at a, um, a, t- a tonic water, it should go glow blue. And what's doing there is that the, the, the energy from the, um, uh, from, the, from the torch, some of that's being going into heat, but some of it's going into uh, re-radiating that energy 
as blue light, and that's what you see in the, in that in the case of the tonic water. I don't and so, That's a fair point, Nick, and thanks for raising that. Well, I think we're going to have to... Do we need more booze? We need more booze. There we go. So, so, so this is actually... This is not our invention. This was invented by William Herschel. So the idea is, is if you take uh, white wine, white wine can act as a long-pass filter. So if we, if we imagine the, the electromagnetic spectrum here, what we're doing is we're exciting our quinine molecules here with a 405 nanometer wavelength light, and that's, that's the, the, the wavelength of the torch. That's also the same way, wavelength if you have a Blu-ray player. It's the same thing. Uh, and it's emitting at this 451 nanometer wavelength light. So it's kind of coming out at slightly longer wavelength. But you can still see the purple light of the torch. But if you look, if anyone's got any yellow plastic, or we've got some yellow goggles here that people are welcome to look, look through, or, or also through a yellow, uh, through white wine, what white wine does is act as a long pass filter. So what it does is it only allows these bits of the spectrum through, and it doesn't allow this, this blue purple light. So actually, if you look through... If anyone wants to come up and get a, cup, a glass of wine, please do. <laughs> or pass them on, actually. Yeah, so, what, so this what, is your long pass filter. That's your, yeah, so, you, so you're actually it, doing optical physics here. By just so by imagine it. you've got a microscope, imagine you're doing fluorescence. You're shining some light on your sample and then you're putting a filter in between to test. So the if you look through, through that at the, at the quinine, which is being shone in the corner there on the barrel, what you should hope is, is you don't see the purple light of the torch, but you do see the blue light of the quinine, and that's because you're using it as an optical filter. And actually, the original experiment here wasn't obviously done with a, with a purple light. It was done with light coming through a church window that acted as a short-pass filter. So only purple light came through the window. It then shone onto a solution of quinine sulfate, and then the yellow light of the, the, the passed through the, uh, um, uh, the, the, the white wine allows you just to see the fluorescence. So, so, so you're not just seeing the purple light. You're only seeing the blue light. All right, Nick, I think you've shown off enough now. Isn't it pretty? Yeah. It's like being, I, as a chemist, I consider myself a color junkie, and this is really one of those It's like examples. being in the club. In the club? In the club. <laughs> right, so uh, that's the end of our first part. Hopefully we'll come back in a second bit for some more um, uh, science-related pub talk. Yeah, I hope you understand how fluorescence works using a glass of gin and tonic and a white wine. God, Thank you. Is it weird hearing your own voice projected? <laughs> Have I got the right mic? You've got the one this time. Yeah, it's been like Russian roulette with the microphones. I think everyone can hear me now, though, can't they? For better or worse. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're <laughs> part two. Did you see what I just did? What did you do? I brought out some food. I, well, that's the second part of being in the pub, isn't it? Having, having, some, having some booze and having some food. You know what, Stephen? I really like... Spicy food. Do you like spicy food? I love spicy food too. I do like spicy food. And I've got some, we've got a little, 
a little experiment, you might call it. I w you might call it a test of endurance. But in essence, what I'm going to do, and what we're going to do together, is we're going to explore the science of spicy food. You may be able to see on the at, at, at our own expense. At our own expense, yeah. yes. Not just physical like, expense, physical as well as expense. financially, both. But we invite you to join us in this exploration, if you would like to, if you dare to. <laughs> so in front of us, we've got three bowls of spicy sauce, of increasing spiciness. And what we're going to do is we're going to sample the food. And as we sample the spicy food by dipping chips in it and hopefully eating it and not dying, we're going to try and explain to you how spicy food works. So, we, Steve, should we, we, we should also add that we don't know how spicy the sauce gets. This has been prearranged for us. So we have slides knowing about they do get spicier, but we don't know how spicy they're going to get. I've just got my chef's hat I'm going to get a chef's hat on, too. Get it on. All right, you You've got to be professional about these things. Yeah. We may be seen in academics, but we can still look like idiots. Exactly. Yeah, and you do look like an idiot. You've got it on the wrong way around, um, Steve. What are you doing? That bad. <laughs> right. So, right. So, so, so what's the origin of spice, Nick? So spice, um, it actually, well, first of all, it comes from a, a molecule which you find in chilies and other things called capsaicin. Would you like to see the structure of capsaicin? Well, I know you how excited you, yeah. you are by structures. Let's see. Look at that. Oh, look at that one. Isn't that Does beautiful? Does that have an amazing meaning for everyone? Oh, everyone's not loving it. There's no chemist in the room. Just looking at it. Yeah, <laughs> this makes long, me happy. It's a long molecule, and I'm sure Steve will tell us a bit more about it as we go through. But how would you measure the spiciness of a chili? Does anyone know what the scale's called? It's called the Scoville scale. And I love this scale because it really, really annoys Steve. It really does. So, so the reason it annoys me is that when you think about units, right? The, now, I've got no problem with units that are historical. So, for instance, if we think about something like, I don't know, the, the hands of a horse. Have a sausage. All right. Shut up. All right. There you go. Oh. It's pretty spicy. No, actually, that's fine. That's not too bad. So this is the first one. Oh, it's first got a kind of way. piquancy. Yeah. But it's kind of a moderate... Please, I invite you, come up to the Would front. Would like to try our first level of spice? Have a chip silly. and try this first one. Anyway, so, so, so the thing I that really annoys me okay. is that when you, when you think about um, units, I'm fine with them being kind Don't of be random. Don't be scared, come up, walk, walk up if you like, <laughs> come and have a sample. But you've got to try that first sauce. Um, yeah, Delic we, we, delicious sausages, by the way, as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. thank you. Thank you. Excellent sausages. Should we have um, a round of applause? Yes, yeah, thank yeah. you. So what anyway. it should be, if this molecule here that we showed, which is the beautiful molecule, is responsible for taste, the unit of a Scoville unit should be the amount of that molecule in that sauce. It's not though, Steve. I know it's not, Nick. <laughs> do you know how they do it? Yeah, I do, but you should they tell it. They get five trained observers, and they dilute the chili in some sugar water, and then they just progressively dilute the chili until three out of five of the tasters can no longer taste it. How annoying is that? So if someone, if someone just eats a lot of chili, then they're going to be more useful to hot food, and therefore they're just going to say they can't taste it at an earlier age. I love it, because it, it's so annoying, Steve, because it's, it's so, so annoying. accurate and subjective. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it's done, genuinely. Yeah. So what have we got? What was that first one? Oh, sorry. So this first one, which wasn't too bad at all, that was... Uh, so this apparently is this is mild green pepper sauce from Tabasco. This is your green Tabasco. So I've Which got a little buzzing on my tongue. And the Scoville units here are only about 900 Scoville units. What I don't like about this this um, graphic thing is I can see there's a green. Hold on. 
Wait, there was a green little um, temperature thermometer at the top, and it's going to yeah. get worse, isn't it? It's going to get a lot worse. Okay, let's move on to the second one. Okay, before we do, why don't we, why don't we try the next one, Steve? All right, let's try the second you. one. There you go. Right. Nice liberal pasting. <laughs> Thanks for putting that. Yeah. In. Don't get that on your mucous membranes. Here we go. Oh, that's not too bad either. Oh, I was expecting. I was expecting way worse. Oh, I was expecting. Maybe they're saving the worst, the best, the worst, mm. the best, the worst, the best to last. Yeah. So, so I don't. So another kind of interesting that's thing about that's just tasty. That's nice. Yeah. Um, if anyone, um, sometimes if you're eating spicy food, quite often people say that you should drink milk. And one of the reasons you should do that is quite interesting. So this molecule, so Nick's going to demonstrate how to drink milk, if no one's ever done that before. <laughs> the associate professor at Southampton University, Dr. Nicholas Evans, will show us... Science that. is all about empirical observations. <laughs> um, and, and the <laughs> don't, don't clap him for drinking milk. Um, you know so, what? That's worked a bit. Yeah. Well, do you know why it's worked? <laughs> no. So the reason is that capsaicin is what's called an amberphile, we call that in chemistry. So that molecule is soluble in both water and in fat. I invite you to come up and try it. Yeah, you'd like. and, and so, so if you think about milk, what milk is is what's called a colloidal suspension. So there's lots of little fat droplets suspended in water. And then when you, when you take, um, the interesting thing about the molecule is it's much more soluble in the fat phase than it is in the aqueous phase. So, so when you put milk in your mouth, all of those capsaicin molecules, they rush into those fat droplets. And that, that, what that means is they're not on your tongue, which is so, aqueous. So it dissolves in the milk, but not in the water. It dissolves in well, the Well, it's dissolved milk, in both, but it would rather be in the fat. In the, it dissolves more in the milk than it does in the water. Exactly. So if I have a really spicy meal, I can download the milk, or maybe, I don't know, something that's even more oily, like oil, oil? vegetable oil? Yeah, you could just drink, like, engine oil, and you'd be fine. Okay, put that one in the memory banks for later. <laughs> so I'll be taking to my local Thai restaurant. All right, should we have a look at what this number two yeah, one no, was? Yeah, okay. Steve, why don't we? Let's have a look. Let's have a look so at this what, one, what, what we got. So this, is, uh, so this is Nando's medium sauce, which is apparently... Other, other spicy peri-peri sauces are available. But, which is about 15,000 Scoville units. So I can't believe that. That was very similar to the first. Yeah, I'm pretty I unimpressed. That. I hope the next... Yeah, I Less spicy. Right. I kind of agree. I'm, right. I'm totally... You know what? I think I'm agreeing with you about this Scoville scale. So it's, a, it's a load of rubbish. I did we tell you. To, we need to put it through an HPLC. Okay, so, third one. Number three. Number three, okay, right, Steve. So, Nick, tell me something about the biology of, of, of spicy food. Well, it's quite interesting you say that because this capsaicin molecule is quite peculiar in the way that... It, are you ready to try this, first of all, by the way? Do you okay. want a big dab or a little dab? No, a little dab. I'm a bit worried about this. I've got a suspicion... <laughs> Big dab? Uh, this isn't panto. You can't. <laughs> All right. Come on. Uh, oh, gee, gee. That's really hot. <laughs> Nick, tell me about the. Jeez. Does anybody want any? <laughs> God, you should try it. Someone else has got to suffer the pain. Oh my god. Yeah, it's hot, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> Nick Be careful, don't get I seriously don't don't get this on your fingers. Be very, very careful. I've got the hiccups now. Okay. Have you all signed disclaimers? Have they signed disclaimers, guys? Dear, no. You, you haven't organized this very well at all, have you? I've got the hiccups. Oh my god, now that is seriously Nick. Alright, so capsation. How does capsaicin work? Capsaicinoids is a one of a member of the capsaicinoids. Tell me. 
It's got a Scoville score of about 20 million. Just oh. <laughs> the molecule binds to something called the vanilloid receptor one on nerve cells in the tongue and on all epithelia. It oh seems like you're just God. reading notes here, Nick. Bait, it's normally... Oh. <laughs> I really wish we hadn't done this. Uh, the receptor... It's <laughs> the receptor is normally activated when exposed to heat or rubbing, and that causes the receptor to open and calcium ions to flood into the cell, which causes it to depolarize. That causes signals to go to the brain, which your brain interprets as pain. So the capsaicin stimulates that. Uh, there's even some suggestion that if you expose yourself multiple times, you can desensitise your nerves to I, the capsaicin. I don't feel like I've been desensitised. Oh, my God. Okay. And it does cause inflammation. It can be very bad. In April, a guy, something called a California Reaper. That's really hot, right? And he had thunderclap headaches, and someone else died. Oh, my God. Hang on. All right, shall we reveal what this is? So this one is Mad Dog 357. <laughs> Which is 357,000 Scoville units. <laughs> so Nick's dealing with this by gargling in olive oil. <laughs> Did it help? Yes! <laughs> and that's how chili works. Thanks, everybody. Thanks very much. Why do we need? Petrick, Isaac, Transplanting, 